going on, Fourth and Inches Podcast listeners? We got Kev, Dan, and Stevie P coming at you once again. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fantasy listeners? What's up, Fourth and Inches listeners? What's up, Fourth and Inches crew? Good, good. So uh, today we are going to once again go into our divisional breakdowns. We are going to do the AFC South today. But first, don't forget to check us out on our website at www.4thandinchesff.com. That is www.4thandinchesff.com for a bunch of content. You got articles, blogs, player profiles, and you can subscribe to our draft guide, which features a decision maker, which is a tiered out guideline for three different drafting styles. You got one for your risky drafter, you got your conservative drafter, and you got a detweener, which is basically a mix of the a combo of, of the other two styles. Um, the draft guide also features uh, the cheat codes, which is a visual breakdown of every team's stats from last year. It's a great tool that you can use to prepare for your drafts, and it's the same tool we use to give you information on the podcast. So check that out, and also look for us on the Fantasy Life app. We'll be doing a lot of uh, start-sit questions throughout the year, and we're looking into doing a keeper question segment on there as well. So, uh, you know, Check us out on there, and if you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. Um, we've also partnered with FantasyGo.com. Steve will tell you a little bit more about that right now. Yeah, FantasyGo.com is actually a very good website. It's very discreet. It's basically what it does is it gives you the opportunity to pick your fantasy analyst that you want to use to basically – Put in your starting lineups, you know, help you with sit, start questions and all that stuff. It, it does all that. So you can go on there and choose your fantasy analyst. Of course, you're going to choose us and we will basically start your lineup. It is a Yahoo based uh, fantasy option. So if you play on Yahoo, it's more for the fantasy, you know, fantasy people who play on Yahoo, but they're expanding to ESPN and all the other platforms. So, yeah, give them a, you know, give them a a check and see, you know, how you like it. It's, it's pretty cool. They're doing some exciting stuff over there. So it's uh fantasy go.com and uh, give them definitely a, a, a shout out. Cool. So we are going to start uh, this, this division with the Houston Texans. Um, one of the, the better teams in the division. I think we would all agree. Um, let's start off with DeAndre Hopkins, the superb wide receiver, um, right now, he's being drafted as the sixth overall pick. Um, Dan, why don't you start? I know you have D-Hop number one. Uh, why don't you get in D-Hop and uh, why you feel like, you know, that's going to be his finish? Yeah, I think he I think he has the biggest chance to finish number one overall uh, purely because of uh, how much how good I think Houston is, is, is progressing with uh, uh, with their offense. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson's another year in, another year better. Um, I like, I'm not a huge, none, none of the three of us are a huge Lamar Miller fan, but we all, you know, suspect that he could lose that starting job this year, but that, that offense is just, they're, they're fun to watch. It can be very explosive. Uh, I think if Will Fuller stays healthy for the, you know, the whole year, it's going to open things up for, uh, I mean, he's, he's a huge North and South threat. So I think that opens up things for Hopkins to, you know, to run his routes and do what he does and just make plays. I mean, that's basically what Hopkins does. He just makes plays, catches everything. He had that one play last year where I think they call it, they didn't call it uh, incomplete, but they called it pass interference or something where 
he went up and made a, just an absolute circus catch. They were showing it for like 20 minutes on replay. It was on primetime. It didn't count, but they were like, this is like – the catch was just unbelievable. And that's just what he does. He just makes right. plays. And, and <laughs> I think um, I think he's got the biggest chance of finishing number one. But don't get me wrong. I mean, and there's a lot of talented wide receivers out there. You get any of these guys, you're pretty much sitting gold. And I, I think it's going to be a close race. But I, I slightly have him as number one above, you know, a couple of the other names that we mentioned in the other divisions. Yeah, I agree. I think DeAndre Hopkins gives you a lot of upside. He's a guy that could finish number one. He's a guy that could finish with a lot of touchdowns. You know, he's just when you look at he does everything. He does everything. Yeah, he does everything well. So, you know, if you look at his, you know, breakdown numbers, he was number one in snap share. He was number one in targets. He was number one in target share on his team. You know, he was just he's just a guy that is constantly used everywhere you know what i mean he was number three in red zone targets on the year so it's just he checks every box for a receiver uh and you know it's it, it's definitely a position that when you get the top group of guys from that you know that tier of of elite wide receivers you can't go wrong with any of them because you're going to be happy with all those guys deandre hopkins is right at the top of that list of guys that you want on your fantasy team yeah and it's actually it's actually funny i've had i had a lot of my a lot of time on my hands today so i i probably did about three or four mock drafts and the more i was uh going through it i really don't like the, the, the running backs in the first round after the top five, you know, you get those top four. And then I like David Johnson, number five. After that, I, I don't really like any of those guys. We talked about Le'Veon Bell the other day. We talked about, uh, you know, James, uh, not James Conner, uh, um, Melvin Gordon a little bit in his situation. D hop is a perfect guy to draft in that first round. Once you get past those five running backs, because, one thing I love about him is he's always healthy. The dude does not miss games. That is a great statistic for your number one overall pick or for your first round draft pick is that he does not get hurt. Um, second, the guy is an animal. He has, to me, he has the best hands in his in the whole league. Um, I think last year he did not drop a pass all year. Um, so if you look at how many targets he had, 163 targets and did not drop a pass all year. That's incredible. Um, the guy's just a monster year in, year out. Um, you know, what more can you say? If you get DeAndre Hopkins in that first round, you're not really going to you're you're going to you're going to have a good season um, from that position. Um, and I definitely I have I have Devonte Adams number one, but I definitely think DeAndre Hopkins could finish number one. It's it's like you said, Dan, it's kind of a kind of a cluster up in that in the you know, those top four or five receivers and any one of them can finish number one. Um, let's get into Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson, um, a lot of people are high on him this year, especially if his, you know, all of his targets or all of his uh, weapons outside are able to stay healthy. Um, what do you guys think Deshaun Watson's chances are to finish number one overall at quarterback? And um, is he worth that fifth round, seventh, fifth round, seventh pick draft spot which is where his current ADP is see for me I'm not going to take him there I'm that's not saying that he's not worth that spot I'm just not going to take a quarterback that high um I almost feel like 
he is probably and like I said, I said this before when we've talked about you know all these breakdowns that every quarterback in the top five has a chance to be number one. I feel like so. You know, I definitely think he has a chance to be number one, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take him, you know, higher than where I feel like I want to take a quarterback. I'm not I'm not taking a quarterback before, you know, round seven is the earliest maybe that I would go for quarterback, maybe six if, you know, Patrick Mahomes were to fall there and he's not. So, you know, I'm probably not taking a quarterback before, you know, round seven or eight. And, and the reason I say seven now is because I actually did a mock draft this morning that I got Andrew Luck in the seventh round. You know, he was just sitting there in the seventh. So I was like, all right, Andrew Luck in the seventh, I'll take that all day. So, you know, there's there's certain circumstances that, you know, guys will fall and, you know, you might get them. But, you know, it, it just all depends on how your league, you know, goes. And this is the other thing. When we're all talking, this is not, you know, talking about Deshaun, but I do want to mention this. You got to take guys keep in mind that when we're talking about the quarterbacks, we're assuming that there are the top five guys – you know, being gone before round like eight because Carson Wentz is going around round eight. So that's kind of what we're talking about when we're, when we're saying that. If you have quarterbacks going in the first round of your draft, you're probably going to have to take a quarterback earlier. I mean, you're probably going to be in a draft where you have to take a quarterback in round six or seven because all the top guys are gone. And you don't want to get – you don't want to be stuck with Phillip Rivers or, you know, somebody like that who's teetering on the top 12 – in your league, if that's the case, if that's the case, then know know you're drafting. You know, know the guys that you're drafting with. You know, if they're if they're going early, then you might have to change your strategy and you might have to take a quarterback early that you feel comfortable with. You know, we're in most of our drafts, we're t- we're getting guys later because they're they're going later. You know, but if you're if your group of friends or the the league that you're in, you know seven quarterbacks are going in the first three rounds, then you might want to adjust your, your rankings and, and take a quarterback a little bit earlier. Yeah, I got I got Watson fifth in my rankings. I don't think I changed him. I think yeah, I'm looking now. I still sit number five. And I think that's about where he's going to finish. I think, you know, somewhere in that three to seven range is pretty accurate. I don't think – I don't see him falling below. Even, I don't see him falling below even number, you know, six overall this year. He's just – he's too talented. The team is – like I mentioned before, they're just they're moving offensively in a really good direction. Uh, I don't quite think he's there yet to finish number one overall because Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck and I mean we're all high on Carson Wentz. I just think these guys have a little bit more talent around them and they're just a little more seasoned. Um, not to mention that they're just trying to reduce Watson's running up a little bit. But you know when you have Hopkins out there and Will Fuller stays healthy, you really don't need to 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 rush that much. I mean, those guys, those are extremely talented receivers. Just pull the ball in their area. So love to show Watson this year. Um, you know, three to six range for me is where I think he's going to finish. Uh, slim chance of finishing number one. You never know. I mean, you don't know who these, you know, who these people are. People didn't, when Cam won MVP a few years back, I mean, he was, he had a couple really good years before that, but no one saw him, you know, come out and play the way he did and take the team to the Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe this is Deshaun Watson's year for that. You know, it's just he's he's an extremely talented guy with a good coaching staff and some good receivers around him, and that always spells, you know, winning and statistics. I absolutely think Deshaun Watson can finish number one. Um, if all his wide receivers stay healthy, he his talent is the talent around him is just ridiculous. Um, you know, when Will Fuller's healthy, they have such a good chemistry. It just seems like he's able to just throw the ball down the field. Will Fuller's there every time. 
Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, we already talked about him. Um, I think people are underrating Kiki QT as a slot guy. I think that, you know, you look at last year's game against the um, Colts in week four, Kiki had like 15 targets in that game. And, you know, if he just basically showed in, in that game, uh, Houston won 37-34. So basically what that game showed is that you can't just sit your guys back and, you know, guard against Fuller and, and Hopkins on the deep ball because Watson will kill you either running the ball or dumping it down to Kiki or those running backs and, you know, still beat you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Deshaun Watson, absolutely, if his guys stay healthy, has a chance to finish number one overall, um, especially with the running capability. Um, I have him ranked number two behind Matt Patrick Mahomes, mainly because Patrick Mahomes is just a beast. And it's to me, it's almost impossible to knock him out of that number one spot. But, yeah, I definitely think Deshaun Watson has number one upside. Um, so let's get into the receivers that we talked about, those other weapons a little bit. Um, Will Fuller right now is being drafted uh, in the seventh round at pick seven. Kiki QT is being drafted in the 11th round at pick nine. Um, both of those guys have a little bit of an injury history. Um, are they worth the risks of where they're being drafted? And which one of those guys do you think has a better value? Well, if you're talking value-wise, it's definitely QT. I mean, I don't think it's close. I will say, I think that that ADP has had to drop because I I don't think I've been getting Kiki. I checked it. I actually checked it today recently, and, and it, it really hasn't. I mean, if anything, Will Fuller's maybe went up a little bit, but Kiki QT's he's he's pretty much still sitting there in the eleventh round. Yes, yeah, but but that's the thing. I use I've never seen I, I me. It always seems like he's gone in the tenth. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe people are getting word that he's that he's gonna, you know, maybe people are higher on him than than the ADP's projecting to be. But yeah, I mean, that's still according to Fantasy Calculator, I think that's still where he's, you know, projected to go. But Andrea, I mean, I don't think this guy. See, you can talk to me, but I don't think it's a guy you want to sit on for sure. Yeah, no, Kiki has definitely got a a more attractive uh, draft drafting area because Will Fuller's coming off of a knee injury. I mean, he's coming off a major knee injury, so. You know, if you're just talking about injuries, Kiki was hurt last year just like Fuller was, but he had just, you know, soft tissue injuries. Yeah, his was hamstrings. It was all soft tissue stuff. So, you know, when you're talking about structural damage to a knee and and some hamstring issues, that's that's a huge that's a huge difference. So for me, you know, I would I would rather take Kiki, but I'm one hundred percent full of you know, cool with getting fuller. You know what I mean? Just Fuller is an animal. You just you saw what he did, you know, with every game that he played with, you know, Watson. Literally every game he's played with Watson, he's been he's been great. So, you know, I think they're they're I think they're almost averaging a touchdown per game played with each other. You know, so that, that's that's amazing. So yeah, yeah. talked about it on the wide receiver podcast. You have you have Will Fuller in your top twenty four. You have him as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I, like I said, his upside. I mean, because I'm not going to count an injury for him if he plays all 16 games. He has top, yes, to me, he has top 15 upside if he plays all 16. If he plays all 16, he's definitely got top 15 upside. You know, what I mean, just just look at the game logs. All you got to do is look at the game logs. You know, what I mean, the game logs say that he has top fucking 12. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he's he's a top 12 guy when he's playing with Deshaun and he's healthy. You know, it's just it is what it is. I'm I'm not making it up. Look it up. He's awesome. 
Yeah, if you extrapolate if you extrapolate his yards last year and he played all sixteen, he's sitting in the twelve hundred and change and like ten touchdown range. I mean that's that's without question wide receiver high wide receiver one, wide receiver two, upside for sure. Yeah, and like I said, you know, when I'm when when the other day when I was saying I, you know, my favorite stat for a wide receiver to tell if he if he's going to be good or not is yards per route run. You know, and his yards per route running, he was the seventh in the league last year. He was number seven in the league in for, you know, guys who played over, I think it was like 100 snaps. You know, he was number seven. He had 2.81 points, you know, yards per route run, which is an awesome number. That's a really hard number. I mean, if you're looking at yards per target, he was 11.2. That's number three in the league. And that, and when we're, when we're saying, you know, yards per target, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's the ball in the air. So, you know what I mean? he's basically getting a first down every time he catches the ball with the ball in the air he's averaging. So it's, you know, and that's his, his after the catch numbers are, are awesome too. He's just, he's just, he's an all around really good player. So, you know, for, if you're talking about ADP, I like Kiki better because I'm not hundred percent sure will Fuller will stay healthy all season long. And if he's, you know, they're saying that he's going to be good to go for week one. You know, I'm going to trust the coaching staff and if they're telling me that he's going to be good for week one. But if he stays healthy for all 16, he is, the, he is way more upside than Kiki does. Yeah, you're basically saying bo- both are worth the risks. Bo- oh, yeah, both definitely. are worth, you know, barring, you know, or excluding injuries, you know, getting guys like Will Fuller in the seventh round who have the ability to be a top 15 receiver, uh, you can't knock that value at all. Like that, that is outstanding value. We, we talked about, we've been talking a little bit about Sterling Shepard this morning. Um, you know, you guys may have heard the news of him breaking his finger. This is a guy going in the eighth round. We were talking about him possibly now dropping into the double digit rounds. And if you're getting a guy like Sterling Shepard in the 10th, 11th round, like that's great value. The same holds true here with, with guys like Fuller and Kiki, like, you know, their injuries are being held against them and that's why their value so low. But Dude, if, if Will Fuller plays a full 16, he, he's probably like a third, second or third round draft pick. And to get a guy like that in the seventh round, you know, he's he's the quintessential risk, like uh, quintessential draft maker. You know, it, you get him. Yeah, he has that injury history. But if if you get him and you get that healthy season, man, you got you got to steal in the seventh round. Yeah, well, I'm. I mean, I basically just talked up how good Deshaun Watson can be, how good Houston can be this year, uh, for these for those reasons. I mean, I I'm in complete agreement. I think that both of them have awesome awesome value. They're not, you know, they're they're a little lower because of their injury histories, but they're two extremely talented receivers. I expect good. I mean, barring injury, I mean, if they're both healthy, I expect really good years out of them and Hopkins. There's plenty of balls to go around on that team, so I think. Uh, I think they're both going to – if I had to pick one that I would um, be a little higher on, I would probably say Kiki um, just because, I mean, him in the 10th, 11th round is – I mean, it's it's almost like too good to be true. I mean, if you're scooping him up, he's he stays healthy. He's going to have a huge year. And, I mean, so can Will Fuller too, but it's it's – it's a toss up. It, it's honestly, it's a good, it's a good, you get both of them. I think it's a good situation to have because one of them is going to blow up this year. Yeah, I, that would actually, um, 
It's funny you say that because I believe on one of our mock drafts that me and Steve did, Steve was actually aiming for that. He was aiming to grab Fuller and Kiki later on as almost like a, um, I believe they call them friendship, you know, friendship, uh, you know, pick. So, yeah, we I, I think we both are, we all are in agreement that these receivers have, you know, great values. And if they, they can stay healthy and put it together, they, they all, they have incredible upside. Um, especially in this offense. Um, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, okay, so last year we saw that Cooper Cup, fucking, uh, you know, Robert yeah, Woods, yeah, Robert Brandon Woods and Cooks. and Brandon Cooks, all three of them were top twenty four guys up until you know Cup got hurt. So twenty, yeah, they were they were you know they were all great. So. What's to say that in this offense, these all three of these receivers are not great? Like, this is another offense that they don't use the tight end. I mean, like, the tight end started getting targets after Fuller got hurt last year, if you remember. I mean, Thomas started getting targets after Fuller got hurt. He wasn't really targeted at all but in the first seven games of the, of the year. So it could be a situation where all three of these wide receivers get a whole shit ton of targets, and all three of them are, are top 20 guys, just like in the Rams offense, especially if we all think that, you know, Watson is going to be a top three guy. You know what I mean? I think we all have him in the top three. If he's a top three guy, then what's to say all three of these wide receivers are not, you know, thousand yard receivers and close to a hundred catches a piece with, you know, let's say QD gets, you know, five or six touchdowns. Fuller gets, you know, close to 10 and the hop gets close to, you know, 12 to 15. Like he, you know, he, he can do, you know, to me, I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think all three of these guys are, have that, have that upside. Exactly. And and it kind of leads us into our next point, because to me, having Lamar Miller back there, there is no it is no threat to defenses. Um, You know, this has basically been an offense that's just they want to throw the ball. And, you know, they they're they not even just that you're also got to count on Deshaun's legs as well. And, you know, like I said, if their if their running game is going to be as inept as it as it was last year, um, you know we'll get into them now. Mil, uh, Lamar Miller being drafted in round six, pick one, which I actually thought thought it was pretty high for him, and Deontay Foreman um, being drafted round ten, pick three. Um, do you think this guy's this is more of a committee? Do you think this is, you know, kind of a 70-30? How do you think this 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 situation is going to play out? Uh for me this is I think in the beginning of the season it's going to be Lamar. You know, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to give Lamar most of the the snaps and you know, bring they're going to bring, you know, Foreman along slowly to see how he has recovered from that Achilles. But if he can, if he shows that he, you know, he's better than Lamar Miller, I don't think they'll, they'll, I don't think they'll hesitate. I think, I think at this point, Bill O'Brien realizes that his team needs to get not only to the playoffs, they need to make it far into the playoffs. Oh yeah. And if Lamar have too much time left. Exactly. And if Lamar Miller is not getting it done the way Foreman is getting it done and people see that, you know, the, he has to make that change. It's not, he doesn't have the option to not make that change. So to me, you know, especially a quarterback, I mean, a, a coach who is basically, I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat right now, but if this team, you know, just makes it to the playoffs again this year and then gets knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, He's he might be looking for a job. 
So if Foreman is showing that he he can play better, then I don't see how he cannot keep him off the field. I think I think whoever you know is the better playing running back is going to be the guy, and I'm willing to take the shot on Foreman, you know, later in the draft, you know, with the assumption that if he plays better, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, Lamar Miller. I mean, he's basically. I think he's just there to fill the role until they find out who they have or what they have. I mean, he's a he's a he's a, he's a what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's a good filler guy. I mean, he's right around a thousand yards, a little under a thousand yards a year. He doesn't put together any big strings of games. I mean, he's pretty. He gets you a lot of those 40, 50 yard games. Um, but the off, I mean, the offense is they're look. I think they're looking for more balance. And I, I, I mean, I'm high on Foreman. I think they're going to find it with Foreman. You know what you're getting. At. I mean, we talk a lot about this about receivers, and if you know, we haven't really talked much on on running back. I think this might be the first running back that we can talk about on on uh, you know taking a chance on and taking over the, the the starting spot of of the starter. We talked a lot on uh, wide receivers and and who would you rather have? Would you rather have the young guy with the with the bigger upside or the steady Sam? And this is basically the same same spot. You know, like you know Miller in round six is going to be. I don't think he's probably going to be a thousand yards this year, but he might get you six, seven, hundred yards because he's going to get the chunk in the in the beginning. Or do you take a chance on Foreman and you know he takes that that uh, that role a little earlier in the season if he's if they if he's showing that he's healthier. And you, we all know Bill Ryan is he's if if he's if Foreman's showing that he's going to be healthy and and able to take on the workload, he's going to give it to him because I don't think that anybody's really all that sold on Lamar Miller. You know what you're going to get out of him. So for me, I would. Uh, I would hold off on Lamar Miller because you'd probably be disappointed with your six-round pick not finishing out the season as a starter. Yeah. If you even go back to last year, they were done with Lamar Miller last year. They started throwing Alfred Blue into the mix. Almost, It almost became a 50-50 split as the season went on. And if you look at the final numbers throughout the season, it's under 60-40. So Alfred Blue was actually getting – more than 40% of the carries. They both had uh, Lamar Miller had 25 catches. Alfred Blue had 20 catches. So there's no reception, uh, you know, huge reception difference. Um, I think they, they kind of know that Lamar Miller is not going to do any more than what he's done. I mean, last year he didn't not, he didn't, he was short of a thousand yards. Um, I think Foreman, if you go back to a couple years, years ago, at the end of the year, he showed a spark. Like he had that long catch that he tore as a his he tore his Achilles on like a seventy-seven yard. I think it was a reception, honestly. But the end of the, the end of the play, you know, the guy was trying to make a tackle, grabbed him by a foot, and he kind of landed awkwardly. And and you know, after that, you know, pretty much all was said. He played one game last year against Philly. Um, I think it was like week fourteen or fifteen, and didn't look good at all he didn't look ready and nobody's really come back from any no running back has really ever come back from an Achilles injury and you know you know return to any kind of form that that they were so this is this to me is a good chance to take on the guy however like I I, I think Foreman he's dropped 30 pounds I mean you know you've heard a lot of, if you know you look this up um he's dropped like 30 pounds going into camp so he's he's in shape. He understands that he has an opportunity. I'm surprised they didn't even cut Lamar Miller. Like truthfully, like he's his he's got like a six million dollar cap hit 
for the team. I don't understand why they kept him around for him to be a, a middling running back. But and I I think I said this on the running back podcast when we talked about it. I think this is the perfect team for them just to cut Lamar Miller and trade for Duke Johnson and go with a Foreman and Duke Johnson backfield. That would be perfect. I, I think that would literally set this offense on fire. But is Duke it, still asking? Is Duke still asking for or demand? I should say demanding to be traded. Duke wants that's, to be traded. Duke yeah, still, it's still, it's still on the table. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think Foreman's a good chance to take in the tenth round because I I think after three, four games, you're going to see that he's a better running back than Lamar Miller because most players really are. Lamar Miller is really just a meddling running back. He's no more than three yards in a cloud of dust. And what's kept him relevant is that this offense is very high-powered, and so he's able to score touchdowns. But, you know, other than that, you know, he's not giving you the huge breakouts that that you know, he was signed to do. He was signed from Miami expecting to be like this this world-class running back that was going to come over and take over. Everybody was saying, oh, why isn't he getting to work in Miami? And, you know, it shows why he didn't get to work in Miami because he's never really done too much here in in, in Houston. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not taking Lamar Miller in the sixth round, and I'm, I'm all in on Deontay Foreman in the tenth round. Um, anybody else you guys want to talk about from the Texans? Um, defense. You want to get under the defense? J- Javion Clowney's holding out, so yeah. kind of if that if that hurts them at all, it might hurt their sack totals. Maybe maybe somebody that maybe a defense that gets pushed down because they're always a defense that people love drafting with Whitney Merciless and JJ Watt and all them guys out there. So you know, Javion Clowney doesn't doesn't show up for camp, and you know he maybe that pushes them down the ranks, but. Yeah, I mean, there's not really anybody else. It's just Kai, Kai uh, Fairborn, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Kai Fairborn. There you go. That's, that's the only other guy. But real quick, before we get off this team, uh, let's keep in mind, just so everybody has this in mind, because I didn't realize this, and, and I thought this was interesting. I just looked it up. Uh, they ran the fourth most run plays in the league. They ran 472 run plays, which was actually surprising. I didn't realize that they were that high because uh, I know Lamar Miller only had 210 touches. So I thought that number would be you know, a lot lower. But Alfred Blue had 150, I think. Yeah, Alfred Blue had 150 rushes. So if they put Foreman in the Alfred Blue role and he st- only gets 150 touches, that could – <laughs> that could be that could be what catapults Foreman to the starting role. If they, you know, have that split or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever, you know, because I know I know Lamar Miller missed two games last year. So with him missing two games, Alfred Blue, you know, played in all sixteen. So he started two of those games. But, you know, if he still got touches in every game, obviously. He had 150 touches. Two games is not going to give you 150 touches. So he was obviously used. So if that's the case, then you know, Foreman should be very good. All right, so let's get into the Indianapolis Colts. They are our next team on our list. Um, we'll start off with uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, T.Y. Hilton pretty much, you know, I, I in my opinion, has been boomer bust. Um, he, you know, he's one of those guys that goes off, he'll get, you know, 150 yards and you know three touchdowns or he gets you know three for 30 and you know you're 
The one thing that he he will do is blow up more than other players, which is why he's a third round pick right now. He's going in the third round of pick four. Um, do you guys think he's worth his value? I uh, I like Ty, but I think he's got too much of the Julio Jones effect, where his numbers look really great because of his yards, and he does you know teeter around that 80, 90 catch rank, but he just doesn't put up the, as many touchdowns. I mean, his touchdowns are are weak, so. I think that you know people see that he is the, the clear cut number one on Indy, and he and rightfully so. He's a great. I mean, he's a great receiver, and he does put up those big games. I mean, sometimes his stat lines are just incredible. Uh, but I just never am sold on him because I, you know, when I do my research on the receivers, I kind of like a guy that's that's putting up more touchdowns than what he does. And so, uh, I think he's still going to probably land in your, you know, probably in your top ten in that range, top ten, top top twelve, but. Until he can show that he's going to be a more dominant touchdown receiver, which he could this year. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got Andrew Luck ranked number two, so I think that team, you know, is is, is going to make a run just with Houston in, in this uh, in this whole conference. So he could, I mean, he could he could finish a lot higher than than uh, than what I've had him finishing at before, but that remains to be seen. So I'm I'm high on Ty, but. Not as high on other guys because just you know, like I stated, just because he doesn't he doesn't score the the big touchdowns consistently. It's just more so in little in in chunks and drips and drabs here and there. Yeah, Ty is a player that um, is always going to give you big yardage because he he just he flies. The dude is like teams really have a tough time, you know, stopping Ty when he's on. The problem is T.Y. always is a little bit banged up, which, you know, hurts him a little bit. He are, he doesn't really miss too many games but he because he, he plays through injury. But, you know, you can tell when he's injured because, he you know, it definitely slows him down. So, you know, with T.Y., to me, he's, he's a safe top 15 to, you know, 15 guy every year, maybe 16 guy every year. You know, I think – if you get Ty, you can, you know, feel safe that, you know, your number one is not going to finish outside of the top sixteen. As we're, you know, we've had guys that you've taken in the top five finish outside the sixteen, you know, the top sixteen. And I don't think you really have to worry about that too much with Ty. He's just, you know, he is one of those guys. That's just money when it comes to getting the, getting those stats. Yeah, I mean, I I I like Ty uh, in. Best ball leagues, he's an outstanding pick in best ball. And, you know, in in standard leagues, it's kind of tough because he doesn't score too many touchdowns. He had six touchdowns last year, um, but he did put up 1,270 yards. He also doesn't catch a lot of balls. He only had 76 catches. So I, I think what Steve said is absolutely right. He's the perfect wide receiver, too. Like, I think if you draft a wide receiver in one of those first two rounds, T.Y. is an excellent receiver to grab. But I'm not really – I don't really like him being my number one because if my number one receiver has the chance to go, you know, four for 48, you know, it, it just – you know, I, I'd rather have a little bit little bit more security there at, at my number one spot than, you know, have it, having a guy who could wind up leaving me with, you know, eight points from a – or, you know, four points in a standard league. And, you know, if you have that from your, your number one receiver, you're, you're in trouble. Um, Marlon Mack, 
is our, is next on the list. He's actually being drafted two spots ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, how do you guys feel about Marlon Mack? I love Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack, especially in standard leagues, um, he may not be as big in PPR because he does not catch a lot of balls. But in standard leagues, man, Marlon Mack is as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, Marlon Mack is a beast. He's very, very good. Marlon Mack uh, has been bitten by the injury bug his first two years in the league, so that's a little bit of a worry. But you know, they all have confidence in him. You know, all the coaches are saying that he has you know two thousand total yard upside. Um, you know, you've heard Frank Wright say that he believes that he's one hundred percent a you know guy that could be a you know, twelve to fifteen hundred rush yard back, and a you know, a three to five hundred receiving yard back. He he loves him. You know I mean, he the way he talks about the way he talks about Mac, he it doesn't sound to me like Mac is going to be lacking for work this year. It looks like he is going to be their go-to guy. Their you know their one hundred percent you know bell cow, and if he can stay healthy, he has extreme upside he is definitely a guy that can finish in the top seven 100 you know he definitely has that kind of upside and if he does have you know a season where he gets even close to 1800 yards he had 10 touchdowns last year so you know if he gets close to 1800 yards he could be he could be really really good in the top five yeah he's being drafted around a couple of receivers that i'm not too high on like um Derrick Henry, you know, Devontae Freeman, I think is is going to have a good year, but I just think uh, I think Max upside's way more than those. I don't like the fact that he didn't catch a lot of balls last year, but it still doesn't. I mean, that doesn't mean that he won't this year. Like you said, I mean, the talk is that they're going to be using him constantly. You know, he had almost a thousand yards in you know twelve games last year, so you break that down to another four games, and he's. 12, 1,300 yards. I mean, and I think he has potential to have even more than that this year if he doesn't get bit by the injury bug. Uh, Indianapolis showed that they are – I mean, they're, 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 these are two good teams that, that in this division that are really on the rise. Indianapolis has very big championship upside. They, they, they have expectations to be, you know, one of the next big – you know, basically where they were when Peyton Manning was in the, in, in the uh, league. They want to be they want to be there again as, as a competitor. So I think that – they expect, hope and expect Mac to be one of the guys that leads them there with Andrew Luck, and I think uh, I think his where his rank is, you know, round three. Uh, I love him. I think that you can't you cannot go wrong there with him. He's gonna he's going to outproduce that that. I mean, he's going to give you round one or two stats at a round three pick. So do not be scared of him. He's he's going to be awesome. So from. Uh, if you remember Marlon Mack's season, he he missed week one. He, he had hamstring injuries coming into the season. He missed week one. Week two, they tried to put him in there, and he just he, he wasn't one hundred percent healthy. They pulled him out, um, gave him a few more weeks off. He came back in week six, full full go, ready ready to be the starting running back. From week six on, Marlon Mack in PPR was the number ten running back, and in Marlon Mack in standard was the number seven running back. The guy has. Top 10 upside. I think he proved that last year. Um, if he can stay healthy, 
the guy, the guy's a beast. I mean, especially in this offense, because there's so much attention diverted to the passing game with Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and you know the tight end situation there. Like, you know, Max just a great pick to get in the third round, especially if he's going to be your number. You know, it, honestly, Max a guy who, if you're drafting wide receiver, wide receiver, he's a good guy to get as your as your number one running back because his upside is top ten and and so high. Um, so with that being the case, let's get into Andrew Luck himself. Andrew Luck right now is going round four, pick 10. Um, what do you guys think Andrew Luck's chances are? We'll, we'll basically break this down the same way we did to Sean, cause they're basically similar in ranking. You know, what do, what do you guys think Andrew Luck's chances are finishing number one are, and is he worth that value? We're going to continue to tell you that he's not worth that value because we are higher. I mean, we're high. The top five guys, none of them, other than Carson Wentz, because he's going in like the eighth round and he's starting to creep up. So he's starting to move into the seventh round. But, you know, none of the top five, other than, you know, Carson Wentz, that we have, all three of us have him in our top five. You know, he's not consensus top five, but he's our top five. You know, all, all, all those guys, you know, could finish number one, like I've said a hundred times. So, what I will say about Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck's offense got better. The offensive line is bringing back all five starters. The running game seems to be well intact, and he really hasn't had a running game in his whole career. So now that he has a running game, yeah, because Frank Gore, don't get me wrong, love Frank Gore. He's one of my favorite running backs of all time. You know what I mean? He's fucking Iron Man, and I love that man till the day you know he, he retires. I love that man till the day I die. Frank Gore is great, but Frank Gore was not great for the the Indianapolis Colts. So he really has never had a great you know running game, and I think that could be the case this year. So if they have a great running game this year, it, the sky's the limit on what you know Andrew Luck could do. Andrew Luck could you know third last year, I I wrote this up in his player bio. It's he didn't have a rushing touchdown, which. You know, that's a little odd because he had five carries, I think, inside the 10 or six carries inside the 10. So, you know, for him not to have had a rushing touchdown, and we all know that he he does have the ability to run touchdowns in because he's done it every year of his career that he's been healthy. So, you know, I think this year he has 45 touchdown upside and, you know, he's going to consistently be around, you know, 42 to 4,500 yards passing. With the offense that he has this year with the addition of Paris Campbell and – and uh Brandon LaFell and, and all the all the additions that they have with the with the tight end core that they have Jack Doyle coming back uh, this dude could be you know he could be what Patrick Mahomes was last year I think he has that kind of upside but you know we will see you know what this offense is and I definitely think he has number one upside yeah when it when news broke that uh Tyreek Hill was not getting suspended at all I moved Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes into number one but before that, I had Andrew Luck in there because I just think that he, you know, and I still think he has number one overall upside for sure. It's, I mean, I have a rank number two. I, I obviously I'm not gonna, I'm not, you know, awarding Patrick Mahomes a clear cut finisher of number one this year. Uh, Andrew Luck was incredible last year. He he showed, he proved that, you know, the shoulder injury was serious, but it, it did not hold him down. A lot of people thought his career was over after that injury because he just couldn't throw football for so long and it's, and it took him so long to reacclimate. But uh, a guy who has his kind of work ethic and his kind of, honestly, I mean, brains and 
ability. I don't. I maybe. I don't know if there's anybody on the field. I mean, you, maybe Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers even reads the defense better than Andrew Luck. I don't think there's anybody in the league that's you know Carson Wentz is right there with him, but I don't. I don't think there's anybody in the league that reads a defense and can perform to make all the throws as good as Andrew Luck does. I'm just that high on the guy. I absolutely drool over watching him play, and. I just, I mean, I would love, I would love to have him on my team, but I just don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm with Steve and, and Kev. I'm just not gonna reach on him that high because I'd rather pick up really good uh, receiver or running back at that because I think that the drop from you know Andrew Luck in the fourth to Carson Wentz in the, even the seventh, that three round drop, I don't think their stats are gonna be too far off. So it's basically where you have to find your balance at. And but as far as him player profile and and ADP and and upside, uh, yeah, I mean. He's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, I'll be quick. I love Andrew Luck. He led me to a fantasy championship last year. I'm not drafting him this year because I just don't draft quarterbacks that high. Um, I like values at other spots. Do I think he has a chance to be number one? Absolutely. But taking a quarterback in the fourth round to me, uh, you know, there, there's so many other players in that range that you can get that – are going to be more of a value than grabbing your quarterback there because your quarterback, even Andrew Luck, is going to put up, you know, maybe he puts up two points per game more than, say, Jared Goff, who you can get in round 10. But the guy in round four compared to the guy, the, the wide receiver in round four, or the running back in round four, compared to the running back or wide receiver in round 10, is probably like five, six point difference. It, it's just. You're, you're the value you're getting it with Andrew Luck, you know, is just it's not there in the fourth round when you can get other guys, other quarterbacks later in the draft that may not perform the way he does for the year, but at the same time, you know, the value of getting the the other running backs and wide receivers are going to balance that out. Um, let's get into Ebron versus Doyle. Um, Ebron right now is the hot commodity after last year. He was number four tight end. Um, fin- he finished number four tight end. The guy had like 13 touchdowns uh, receiving. You know, he was ma- Andrew Luck's main guy in the red zone. However, Jack Doyle was the starter. Jack Doyle was the starter for, uh, you know, when the season started. You know, and everybody knew Jack Doyle was going to come in there and be the man. And then Jack Doyle week, I think, Two went down with an injury, and Ebron just shined. Um, you know, nobody expected that from Ebron last year because Ebron has been a complete letdown his whole time in Detroit. So, you know, coming into this year, you guys had. Do you think that? You know, do you think Ebron's worth a six-round pick? Do you think Jack Doyle? Jack Doyle right now is not even be, being drafted. So, you know, he's a guy that honestly. You know, you could be looking for him on the waiver wire soon because he still could be their starting tight end. Yeah, I I actually watched. So all day today, I basically did nothing but research. I did uh, the cheat codes for what we're talking about tonight because uh, cheat codes will be finished by tomorrow, actually. But uh, all the cheat codes, all 32, will be done tomorrow. Today I did the... AFC South and I watched the I literally sat and watched the Colts for like four hours I watched a whole bunch of game tape on them and I specifically honed in on Jack Doyle because I wanted to see 
in the games that he played with um that he played with Eric Ebron, I wanted to see what Andrew Luck was looking at. And I'm sorry, it wasn't close. No. Andrew no. Luck was looking at Jack Doyle. The literally he was looking at him the whole time and the only time Ebron even got a look was close to the end zone. So don't get me wrong, I think Eagle, I think Ebron is valuable because I do think he will score touchdowns. He's not scoring 13 like he did last year. But, you know, he, you know, definitely has 8 to 10 touchdown upside, but if you're talking about in a PPR league, what what he what Jack Doyle could do, Jack Doyle could be he could definitely be a, a top Seven tight end that no one is talking about. Literally, no one is talking about Jack Doyle. He's not being drafted. He's not <laughs> being drafted. No one is talking him up. Nobody's saying anything about him. And I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised if he finished in the top seven. If he had 80 to 85 catches, because I'm sorry, he was pelted with with targets when he was, you know, when he was healthy. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, to me, I love Jack Doyle. And, and if I can get him late, if I don't get a tight end, you know, and I, I get like an Austin Hooper. I'm definitely, you know, in that scenario, I'm definitely going to take another tight end, and it's going to be Jack Doyle. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually like that strategy, taking a flyer on Doyle, because two years ago he got 80 targets. I mean, the guy, when he was on the field, he was catching balls. So, I mean, obviously they needed – they were putting up a lot of points last year. They were moving the ball really well last year. So, and he wasn't on the field. So, Ebron, uh, Ebron got a lot of – a lot of looks, a lot of touchdowns, and I, I definitely see regression out of Ebron. I don't think that I don't think that's going that's going to happen again. Um, where do I have Ebron? I don't even know where I have Ebron at. Almost that's I think I got him somewhere. Yeah, I got him like in, you know barely cracking the top twelve. But I, the same thing goes for you know for him as as Philadelphia for me. Like I, I as good as Ertz is, I had to move him. I flip flopped him and Kittle, which a lot of people have Ertz and then Kittle, but I flipped flopped them because I think that uh, I think Ertz is going to lose a little bit of targets with having another dominant uh, tight end in there. So, uh, I mean, we're not even talking about a young guy, you know, with, with uh, Doyle, we're not even talking about a young guy who, you know, was trying to make a splash. We're talking about a guy who already was established, you know, as being a great tight end and just had to get hurt. And, you know, this, this may have been, like you said, this may have just been a one hit wonder year for Ebron. And then he goes back to being mediocre or below mediocre. It's, it's, to me, it's just too risky. I'm not. I'm definitely not drafting. E I'm probably not drafting Ebron at all. I'm definitely not drafting him where his ADP is. <clears throat> I would much rather, you know, take a flyer on. I mean, if, take a you know, take a flyer on uh, on Doyle and and the chance and see where he ends up. I'm way bigger on Doyle than I am on Ebron. Yeah, Ebron this year screams touchdown or bust tight end. Um, if you look last year, Jack Doyle was healthy for six games during the year. Five of those games, he got more targets than Eric Ebron. So, you know, it, I think you're go you're going to see similar. You're going to see a lot of double tight end packages from this team because Frank Reich is he loves it. He he brought it to Philadelphia when he was the offensive coordinator, and you know he he loves that double tight end package. And you know they have two very solid tight ends that can perform, but. I just I agree. I can't take Ebron in the six, knowing that Jack Doyle is going to be sitting there taking targets and and touchdowns away from him. Um, and same hold true. I think I think if you're looking at Jack Doyle as a guy who's not getting drafted, if you don't draft the tight end all, you can draft Dak Doyle in the thirteenth round, and 
see what happens. And if not, you can hit the waiver wire after that if you want to wait on tight end. I know, you know, that's one of the strategies this year in the in draft is just not draft a tight end and try to stream them all through the year or try to, you know, find one of those guys in the later rounds like a Noah Noah Fant or a, uh, you know, uh, who's a guy going later in the uh, you know, Austin Hooper is another guy. Uh, for a while, it was Chris Herndon was there until he got suspended. Like, those were the guys that people were talking about drafting. You know, people were talking about drafting late and just, you know, almost boycotting boycotting tight end until the end of the draft. Um, so, yeah, Ebron, or I'm sorry, Doyle's probably a good shot to take there. I probably won't have either one of them on my team because I value tight end a little bit more than that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, Ebron, I I like the value of Doyle more than Ebron. All right, so uh, real, quick, the- real quick, Kevin. So um, I know the, you know, most people would be looking at the stats and think that Ebron was targeted like a crazy amount more than than Jack Doyle was in the red zone. So in the in inside the ten, like I tell you guys, that's that to me that's what matters. Eric Ebron got ten targets inside the ten to Jack Doyle's four, right? The problem with that is Ebron played all 16 games and Jack Doyle only played six games. So if you really look at if you really look at the stats, Jack Doyle was targeted more inside the 10 than than Eric Ebron was. It, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, if you're talking about inside the 20, Eric Ebron got 22 targets to, you know, Jack Doyle seven. But like I said, Jack Doyle only played six games. So. If Jack Doyle comes in healthy, plays all 16 games this year, uh, he to me he is a lock to outscore Eric Ebron, and you are all going to be very pissed off when you draft Eric Ebron over Jack Doyle and and realize that you you fucked up. It's it's basically simple as that. Well, not even drafting him over, just drafting just drafting him. Period, because of his val- because of where he's going. You know, uh, he's being drafted in the sixth round. I mean. That 13 touchdowns is inflating his ADP hugely because, you know, it's I mean, you can't put up 13 touchdowns in a year and then just have a lower ADP. I mean, they're just they're, they're putting him in his spot he's in because of his production last year. But there's just there's no way that 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 repeats itself. He it won people's leagues last year. Like yeah. he was a guy that helped like him and Kittle literally were guys that helped people win because that tight end position was such a such a shit show. And they were guys that were either not being drafted or, you know, late round draft picks like we were just talking about that broke out. And because that tight end was such a wasteland and those guys were two of the top four tight ends, they really helped people win their win championships last year. Um, You know, and that's why Ebron is inflated. Exactly. Um, So we got Naeem Hines being drafted round 14, pick four. We have Devin Funches being going in round eleven, pick seven. We have Paris Campbell going in round thirteen, pick three. Um, you guys like the fly, like taking flyers on any one of those guys at those positions? To me, to me, this is a team that I think is going to score a lot of points. So because of that fact, then yeah, I'm I'm willing to take I'm willing to take flyers on on you know some of the guys on the team, but. <laughs> The problem is I don't know what <laughs> why you're laughing. I gotta know why you're laughing. Uh because of our Devin Devin Funches talk uh text <laughs> just the other day. Even Andrew Buckhand just got good. 
Don't tell me you're going to take a flyer. No, I'm not going to take a flyer on Devin Fire. I can't do it. So the reason Kev's laughing is the other day I texted the guys. I said, I can't take fucking – I'm I'm a little bit of a geek, guys. You know what I mean? I don't – I, I – uh, I enjoy watching film, which I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I like watching guys play football. And I watched literally like three hours of Devin Funches the other day. And at the end of watching Devin Funches, I literally texted the guys and was like, I can't fucking draft this guy. He drops everything. He literally does. Like he had, I watched four games, right? So I watched, I watched a game uh, that he went back to Chicago. He played, you know, he played against the bears the dude, like, okay, so Cam Newton's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but Cam made it a point. Like, I'm not even kidding. It, it, it wasn't Chicago. It was Detroit. But he, he, made it, uh, he made it a point to get this fucking dude targets, and this motherfucker dropped everything. Like, I'm talking about he hit him, like, six times in the hands. Like, the ball was, like, he had the diamond set up and everything, and the ball hit him like six times and he just dropped that shit. And I'm thinking in my head, like Cam Newton must be thinking in his head, like, man, fuck I this wish guy. I had <laughs> Benjamin back. <laughs> he's the reason he's the reason he's gone. <laughs> he's the reason he's in yeah, yeah. And, and then I know Cam Cam had to have pulled him aside and been like, yo, check it out, bro. I ain't throwing you another motherfucking pass until you prove to me you can catch, motherfucker, because you cannot you, – you can't drop six passes in a game. And, and they only – I checked it. I checked the stats after I watched that game. They only accredited him with four, four drop passes in that game, but the motherfucker dropped six. I watched the tape. <laughs> so it, it was – I don't know, man. That was – I just – I can't do funches. But there is somebody on this offense, some other person. I think it's Karis Campbell, whoever it is. I don't know who it is. But this t- this offense is going to be very good, and I do think there's another pass catcher that's going to be very good. So I would take flyers on some of the later guys, you know, Paris Campbell, and 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 uh, even uh, what's his name got hurt in the preseason. Um, Kane, Deion Kane, you know, is another guy that I would take a dart throw on because uh, Deion Kane was very very highly hyped last year before you know before the injury. So I would definitely I would definitely take a, a flyer on Kane or or Paris Campbell. Yeah, they're Indies really. They for the last few weeks I've been reading that they're really high on Naheem Hines, and they're gonna they're gonna utilize him in the offense as a, you know, as as a pass catcher. So I think in PPR, Naheem Hines might be a really good flyer to take. Um, I mean, I, I checked out Devin Funch's stats. I mean, he had a decent season two years ago. I mean, you know, eight hundred yard season, a few extra more touchdowns than before. But the dude is nothing but a mediocre five hundred yard four touchdown receiver. So. Stay away from him. He's just going to end up being a drop for you at some point. I'm, I know he's got, I know he's got Andrew Luck here, and he had Cam Newton. I mean, I, I don't know what you know most people's idea of the jump is from those two, but I, I mean, if he was pretty shitty in <laughs> in Carolina, he's not probably going to be much better here. But I think Paris, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I would take a chance on Paris Campbell. I don't, you know, he, he's he's a rookie, and you, I don't really like to. I know Kev's on this in the same boat as me. I don't, Kev, we don't, we don't really like to draft rookies unless we know that they're coming from, um, you know, bigger, uh, bigger, bigger schools where they have shined. So I don't, I, I mean, I'm not real sure about Campbell, but I would take, I would take a flyer on Naheem Himes. He would be a guy I would definitely look at. Yeah, I actually, I actually take a flyer on Paris Campbell just about every mock draft I'm in. Um, I think Paris Campbell has a chance to really, really, really shine in this offense with Andrew Luck. He's a speedster. The guy is 
He, literally, he, he's he's flash, and you know, with a guy like that, with a quarterback like Andrew Luck, I think he will definitely find a way to give him the ball. And like I've been saying, like usually in this area, I'm going after guys that, you know, I want to take a chance on being more take on a chance that they blow up rather than a, a an, uh, you know, somebody I know that's just going to be, you know. Somebody I'm going to wind up putting on the way, putting in the waiver wire column, you know, like Devin Funches, for example. Like, eventually, he he's just going to go onto the waiver in the waivers. I'm not going to keep him on my team for a 16 week season. Paris Campbell's a guy I think I have a chance to keep on my team for 16 weeks. So, um, yeah, Paris Campbell's usually a guy I wind up taking a chance on. I just um, didn't, like I, I just wasn't a big fan of his. His incon- I mean, he had a great year at Ohio State last year, but I I just. You know, he was really inconsistent for the first few years. So, I mean, he, I know he came onto the uh, onto the scene last year. That's why he's being drafted. You know, rookies don't normally, besides DK Metcalf, who's a little higher, but rookie receivers don't normally have a huge ADP. Um, so, but I think you know because he, he had a good a good year last year at Ohio State that his his ADP is a little higher. But uh, besides his speed, I mean, I just I'm not I'm not I'd rather, I like other guys in that spot basically. So. All right, so that's pretty much it for the Colts. We're going to move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one will be pretty quick. Um, Leonard Fournette is the first guy up. Um, he is going round three, pick one. Um, can he finally get it together and put a successful season under his belt? This guy was toted as the next Adrian Peterson. He was a monster in college, just bullying people over. He was like the Marshawn Lynch of college football. And... He's entered in, you know, entered into the NFL, and you know he showed some he showed some potential his rookie year, but he was kept getting banged up. And now last year, he you know he was constantly hurt. He had issues with Tom Coughlin, and you know, can he finally get it together and put put together a successful season? I think he's going to get every opportunity to do that. My problem with him is the dude has just been plagued with ankle foot toe fucking the arch and ball of his foot fucking hurting i don't know literally every part of his foot just hurts all the time so you know i was really high on him coming out of college because the fucking guy literally his, his his nickname in college was the human sledgehammer like the dude is just a fucking animal and you can see it in, in you can see it in the nfl he runs motherfuckers over he does it all the time he he consistently runs people over the problem is he consistently runs people over and doesn't get it. He gets three and a half yards every time he does instead it. Oh, yeah. Instead of keep going, he runs them over, but he just falls forward on top of them. Exactly. So, you know, when he gets in the open field, you ain't catching him. I'm sorry. The dude is, he is literally like, he's Derrick Henry, but not as big. That's basically what it is. I mean, when Derrick Henry gets in the open field, I don't give a shit who you are. You ain't catching him. And if you do catch him, he'll stiff arm the, the soul out of your body. You know what I mean? And that's not what Leonard Fournette does. Like, if you watch what Leonard Fournette does in the open field, he just lowers his shoulder and tries to run you the fuck over. Like, he, like Derrick Henry at least will will try to give you a little shake, and when he sees you're off balance, he'll stiff-arm stiff your soul out of your body. Like, he just does it all the time. Like, you, if you watch Derrick Henry tape, he just throws that motherfucking arm out, and dude's just – I'm like that's why I say, like, he pulls the soul out of your body because when you watch that stiff arm, motherfuckers just die. They literally bloop and just fall over. As I played, I played against Derrick Henry in that game where he had, like, 275 yards. And, like, 
I just had to. I think it was even. I think it was even one of their few games that were on primetime, and I just remember watching it. I had to like. I was like, "How is how is nobody tackle? There's like fourteen guys trying to tackle this guy. Like, why can't anybody bring him down? He's running, <laughs> ripping off eighty yard run after eighty yard run. I, at one point, at one point, I just went up and I just started like chugging beers i'm like i'm over this <laughs> yeah i'm serious dude i'm telling you do, go go to youtube and type in derrick henry stiff arms he has like 30 nfl stiff arms where he literally just kills the duty stiff army i don't understand it but you know back to leonard fournette leonard fournette has the opportunity to be very good because i do think leonard fournette is probably going to see somewhere between you know if he stays healthy you know this is a healthy number if he stays healthy he's going to see somewhere between uh, 240 carries to 280 <laughs> carries and uh, it might be it definitely gonna be more than 240 if he plays a 16 week season and that's what i'm saying if, if he plays the 14 week season if he doesn't i think it'll be somewhere between like the lower 240s you know if he does play it's gonna be 280 plus i mean he's 300 touch upside so he's definitely a guy that i would take if i needed a running back there let's say i you know let's say i went Let's say I'm in the first, you know, first overall pick. We're saying, what would you say his ADP was, Kev? 3-1? Uh, 3-1, yes. Okay, so 3-1. So let's say in the first round, I don't know, for some fucking ungodly reason, I took, you know, DeAndre Hopkins for, for number one overall. And then... in PPR, in PPR, he's actually 3-6. So let's okay. let's go. You could say you're at the six okay, pick. so let's, let's say, say I take. DeAndre Hopkins. All right. So let's say I took, uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins at six, and then came back in the second round, and Juju was there for me. And the third round, I'd be happy that I got Leonard Fournette because he has that upside, you know, for a number one running back. So I would definitely, I would definitely do something like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm. To be honest, I'm definitely looking to take Fournette if he's if he's available to me, where a couple of the other guys are in his spot. I'm I'm taking him because he's got he, he's. He's definitely got number one upside. Just last year in drafts, he was he was drafted off the board first round every single draft. So, uh, I mean, to to drop three you know two rounds because of his injury, uh, his talent's still there. His his you know his his running ability. I, if he stays healthy for sixteen weeks, he's definitely getting a monster workload. And there's no doubt if he's healthy for sixteen weeks that he's going to be a twelve to fifteen hundred yard rusher. So, to get that kind of production at you know middle even early round three and, you know, regular drink, not PPR. It's, it's awesome. So, you know, the question is that you guys brought up is his injury. So it's just a matter of if you're, if you're willing to take the chance on him, then, uh, then scoop him up in that third round. I know I'm definitely going to, if he's sitting there in, in round three and I, and, and it's at my draft spot, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking him and I'll be smiling the whole time, the entire time I do. Yeah. I usually don't wind up with Leonard Fournette mainly because, not because I, I don't think he will uh, – because I think he'll be a bust. No, it's not because of that. It's more so because I like the guys better in the third round. I actually like Devontae, Devontae Freeman more, and I like Marlon Mack more than, you know, taking the risk on those guys than Leonard Fournette. Um, so he usually don't wind up for, with Leonard Fournette on my team. But at the same time, I'm not against drafting Leonard Fournette because the upside is clearly there. Um, if he stays healthy for 16, like Steve said, he's got 280 carry, you know, 280 to 320 touches possibly. You know, the guy is going to be fed. This is a team that wants to rely on their defense. Um, I'm, uh, I, I love Nick Foles to death. Love him to death. He, he brought me a, he brought me a bowl. Okay, I love him to death. But guess what? 
Nick Foles is not a franchise caliber quarterback that you can, that is going to carry you to Super Bowls or to 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 the playoffs. Like you are going to have to rely on your run game with him, play good defense, um, and unless they're running the read the the read the the zone read option stuff because that's the only time that Nick Foles really is successful. Um, you know. They're going to have to rely on Leonard Fournette. The key is if he can stay healthy. And this is what I was saying when we discussed Devontae Freeman. Like, Devontae Freeman's kind of – he gets pushed down while Leonard Fournette kind of doesn't get pushed down. You know, so, you know, like I said, I'm not against taking Leonard Fournette. If if he's there and, you know, he's the best guy I like, I'll take him. But just in that round at that spot – you know, like I said, Marlon Mack and Devontae Freeman are both going behind him. I, I like taking both of those guys ahead of Leonard Fournette. So Leonard Fournette just typically doesn't wind up on my team. That doesn't mean I'm against drafting him. Just doesn't wind up on my team most of the time. I've I've never had Fournette before, but for the last three years, I've kind of made it a point that I, there's always been one guy that I've had a gut for. And I'm not saying it's a sleeper in any way, but there's just like three years ago. Uh, what else? Well, two years ago. Um, Gurley was going in the second round, and I was really – he was a guy I circled. I said, I just really want Gurley in the second round. And that ended up working out great because he ended up finished first overall. Last year, uh, Marlon, Marlon Mack was going a little later, seventh, I think eighth rounds. And I just had a really big gut feeling that he uh, that he was going to be big for Indy. You know, I had – you know, with Andrew Luck starting to turn that corner. And I ended up trading him to Steve after, all his, after the guy couldn't stay on the field for a little bit. But he ended up turning into having a great season. Now look where his, you know, his rank went from eighth to third. And and this year, for you know, for whatever reason, I just Fournette's that guy for me. I think he, you know, where his value is, it's just basically where the value is, is where is where these gut feelings are coming from. And and for me right now, it's Fournette. I think you know, in the middle of the third round, uh, I think he he turns out at least a second, if not a first round, uh, performance this year. All right, so uh, next guy we'll talk about is D.D. Westbrook. Um, him and Fournette are the only two guys on this team being drafted currently. D.D.'s value is at round 10, pick 6. Um, how do you guys feel about D.D. Westbrook's value there? I, I personally like it. Um, I think Nick Foles is going to have to throw to somebody, and usually it's either a tight end or a slot receiver. And I always I love D.D. Westbrook when he came out of Oklahoma. I love D.D. Westbrook. Like I thought he had incredible talent. He was drafted in the third round, and like I said, I, I thought that he was going to be a very solid player for them. And problem was they just they had Blake Bortles. They had a terrible quarterback that couldn't get in the ball. Um, like I said, I don't think Nick Foles is a franchise caliber quarterback that you that you, you can you know, go a whole season of winning on. But at the same time, I think he is going to have a relevant receiver. And I think it's going to be D.D. Westbrook. Yeah. So I really am high on D.D. Westbrook this year. I really like D.D. Um, I think that if you need a running, I mean, a wide receiver later uh, in the draft, D.D. is the perfect wide receiver to take. So on his team, he had uh, – 26.5 percent of the targets in the red zone that's 14th in the league uh you know he just has amazing upside for a guy and that was with blake bortles throwing him the ball and then cody kessler throwing him the ball like i'm sorry they, those dudes are just sorry <laughs> yeah, i mean like there's, yeah. there's no other way to say it 
You know I mean, he had, you know, seven red zone receptions. He had five total touchdowns. If he has a more accurate quarterback and, you know, he sees even the targets that he saw last year, he saw 101 targets last year. If, if his targets go up to like 120, 130 because they decide that he's going to be their, their ace wide receiver and they're going to throw the ball a little bit more because they feel more confident in Nick Foles than they did Blake Bortles last year. Literally, they said it before the season that they did not want Blake Bortles throwing the ball. Like, they weren't kidding. They, they, mm-hmm. they were dead-ass serious. You know what I mean? They did not want well, Blake. Would you want Blake Bortles throwing the ball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> would you want that happen? Exactly. So, you know what I mean? They 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 did what they said. They said they weren't going to let Jake Blake Bortles throw the ball, and they were going to run the shit out of it because they didn't want him throwing the ball. So, with a more accurate quarterback – I think D.D. Westbrook could have 130 targets this year. You know, last year he had 101, 101 targets. He had 66 catches, 717 yards, you know, and five touchdowns. If if that goes up this year, you know, to 130, you know, with a more accurate Nick Foles and he catches close to 100 balls, let's say 85 balls, 90 balls, He's oh going to be over a thousand, a thousand yards receiving, and he's also going to be over five touchdowns. He's probably going to be close to eight touchdowns, and you're getting him in the in, tenth round. And you're getting him in the tenth round. I think he's a little higher. I think I think I have his his draft spot there as a um, standard league. Um, he's probably up in the the late ninth eighth, round. mid ninth in exactly. in PPR. And regardless, the regardless to what you're getting a number one, basically a number one receiver in the ninth round on a team with a more accurate quarterback. I mean, they're, I don't think they're going to be scared to throw the ball with Nick Foles. You know, I think he is going to throw the ball more, way more than, than Blake Bortles did. And we also have to remember, on this team, they only had 4,832 total yards of offense. You have to assume that that's going, that number is going to go up. If that gets up to, like, the 55, you know, 100 total yards, then Didi is going to be a, a big chunk of that yardage. Yeah, the yards got to go to somewhere, and it ain't going to the other guys because the other guys are just shit. They're the other receivers on the team are so bad. Marcus Lee, I mean, they're just they're not good guys. So, uh, DD definitely progressed last year. He showed that he can be the number one receiver, and and I got him pretty much. You pretty much hit the, the news on the nail on the head for me, Steve. Like, I mean, I got him right around that thousand yards, <clears throat> 80, 85 targets, and eight touchdowns. I mean, I think that's really at. Really, really accurate for where he's going to end up. Uh, I think Nick Foles is is going to do him a lot of good. Get Blake Bortles the hell out of there. Blake Bortles is three seasons, four seasons overdue from getting out of there. So, uh, I mean, you got to realize this. This team still is an incredible defense. They are a ground and pound offense. But you got to, I mean, good offenses. If they want to be a good offense this year and have more than that dreadful forty some hundred yards, they got to move the ball and they, you got to move the change with 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 passing too on third down. So, um, I'm big on Didi. I like it. I love his love his value. You know, in that tenth round or even ninth round in PPR, I think it's. I think you definitely cannot go wrong. This guy, he stays healthy. He's going to have a very very good season. Anybody else on Jacksonville? Do we want to? Continue? Hell no. <laughs> there is one more guy that I, I want to talk about. You had one guy in mind. Yeah, I knew that there was one more guy I do want to talk about. Uh, Chris Conley, uh, you know. Was on the Chiefs last year. I don't know if people really know how big Chris Connolly is. He is going to be their big receiver. He's like six foot five. Like Chris Connolly's huge. Like he's real big. So and Chris Connolly was the number four wide receiver for for the Chiefs, and that's not including Kelsey. That's 
He was the number four guy uh, on that team. So, you know, because even, I don't know, Chris, you know, Chris Connolly has a chance to do something. They already said it, that they like his, they like his size, they like his length. And, you know, like, like we said, we were talking about, we were talking about uh, Nick Foles and how he likes to, you know, throw it up to guys. He does. You know I mean? He's, he's an accurate thrower of the football and we saw what he did with Ertz and, and, and those guys. And I think that's why they got Chris Conley. They, they wanted a big body receiver, you know, close to the red zone. And Chris Conley is that dude. So, you know, I, I do like Chris Conley this year as a late guy. Um, if you are looking for a dart throw, you know, I don't think, you know, Chris Conley is, and I'm sorry, he's six two, but regardless, he's a big dude. Um, you know, he definitely, he definitely is a guy that I would throw a dart on and see what see what happens. All right, that will be the end of the Jaguars. We we'll move on to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, the, real quick, Kev. I'm sorry, the Jaguars defense. I think. We oh all, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think we all can agree that we like them as top as a top five defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're probably going to not wind up with them because people draft draft defenses early, but definitely um, I think we all think they returned to form um, from a couple years ago and have them ranked in the top five. Yeah, um, completely agree. All right. So, Tennessee, um, we'll start off with Derrick Henry. We just talked about him a little bit about, you know, five minutes ago when we were talking about Fournette. Um, right now his ADP in PPR is 312 in standard is 211. So obviously he's a guy that people are really high on in standard leagues. Um, a guy that people think are going to score touchdowns, um, not really be relevant, not really be as relevant in the passing game, um, for him to drop a whole round. Um, Steve, I know you love some Derrick Henry. Go ahead. Talk about him a little bit. Okay. So. I told Kev the other day we were probably going to be battling on this on this today because this is the way I see it. I don't think Derrick Henry is like this amazing talent. I do think that Derrick Henry is a very good running back, and I also know that he's on the last year of his contract. So to me, this is the way I'm looking at this. So coming out of college this year, you have at least five or six running backs that are going to be really really good and we will get to those guys when it gets closer to the end of the season but just to stay on task I will say I don't think it's crazy that Derrick Henry sees 300 touches I think they are going to run this dude into the ground this year I think they are going to just say you know what fuck it you know we need a, a strong running game Marcus Mariota is constantly getting hurt there's no reason to risk, you know, Mar- Mariota getting hurt. Let's run this dude into the ground. Let's use Mariota on some play action and, and, and easy throws this year just to get us through to the end of the season. And, you know, I, I to me, it's it's Derrick Henry's going to have – I don't even think it's a question. If he stays healthy, he's going to have over 300 touches this year. He's gonna, He might even have over 325 touches this year. He might, he might be – the, the how, highest how do you think that's touch- possible when he's not going to catch the ball? He's no, not. And that's, that's, that's that rushes. Rushes. Yeah, that's, but that's how see, I think it's possible. They are going to run the shit out of the ball. They will, but the team's going to be. The team is not going to be good. They're going to be in so many long down, long downs. I wouldn't say they're going to be good, but Tennessee always is a eight and eight, 
Yeah. In the nine teams, so they are going to get on, their on, on third and On third and seven, which are going to be in time and time again, here's going to come Deion Lewis catching checkdowns. I mean, it, there's just no I, – I, I just don't think there's any way that – uh, that he has that kind of production. I, I'm okay, so, so real quick. I'm so anti-Derrick Henry. Real quick. Derrick Henry <laughs> had 215 touches last year. Deion Lewis had 155. Right? Uh, you're, talking about, uh, you're talking about rushing attempts. Rushing All attempts. Right. He had 215. Deion, Deion Lewis had 155. To me, he's their bell cow this year. They are going to use the shit out of this dude. There's, I'm telling you right now. He had 215, and he, if you remember, in the beginning of the season, after like game three, they stopped using him. They completely stopped using him. He was getting like, and trust me, I know because I had him on my team last year. He was getting like eight carries a game. If this because dude, he sucked. Because in those two games, they gave him 18 carries. He averaged 3.2 yards and 3.9 yards a carry. The dudes, he came on, he, he does this, he's done this for two straight years. And the reason why is because he comes on at the end because defenses are worn down by that time. And his big ass is done nothing but sit on the bench for, for fucking 12 weeks. And they bring him in and he runs over people and gets 99-yard touchdowns, 238-yard games. And that's the only reason he was relevant was because of the end of the season. And that's the only reason like people are drafting him that high. If this dude stayed the same as he was in the beginning of the year, he is irrelevant for fantasy. If it's not for those last four games, he's irrelevant for fantasy. You're going to tell me, looking at those last – looking at those first – what was it? What was it the, the week? Let me look at the week. What was the week where he went off? The week he went off. Oh, the Jaguars for, week. It was like, I don't know, yeah, 13. It's, it's, it's the one I'm just talking about where he had the four touchdowns. It, it, was was Thursday, it was on a Thursday night. It, it, was week four, it was week 14. That's what I'm saying. It was the playoffs. So if it wasn't for not, if it was not for the playoffs, Derrick Henry is almost irrelevant for fantasy football this year. If it was not for the playoffs. Last fantasy year. Football this year. Yeah, last year. Okay, so he had 230 touches, correct? He had 215 total he was carries. The fourth running back at I, that point last year, going into the fantasy playoffs. Okay, and um, last yeah, year, last year, right? Last year they had injuries to the offensive line in the beginning of the season, right? They definitely had a lot of injuries in the in, against uh, to the offensive line. Teller Luan missed a couple of games. There was a couple of games that guys missed, right? See, th- th- you're just saying. You know, because of his four-game stretch last year, he he's relevant this year, and I don't think that's the case at all. I think they saw, you know, what he could do last year, and yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, week fourteen or whatever, they he's the defenses are run down. The Jaguars gave up in that game, and it was a Thursday night game. So them Thursday night games, everybody's beat down at that point. At that point of year, a Thursday night game, the the Jacksonville's defense was fucking shitted on. They were shitted yeah, they on. Gave they, up. they gave up in that game. You can definitely see they gave up in that yes. game. That doesn't and change that, the fact that Derrick Henry is going to get over 300 touches this year. I don't, and I'll put, I'll put a bet on it. I'll bet you guys anything I, you want. So that, that's another one we could throw up there. Yeah, throw up there. I'll <laughs> bet you guys what you want because I'm telling you right now, there is no reason not to have this guy touch the ball 300 times. Think about it. If, I mean, they, they're, if they did a 75-25 split at running back, he still didn't get – he still isn't 300 touches – from the way he was How do you a year. Figure, dog. He has it's, 215 no. attempts rushing, and Deion Lewis had 155. All right, that's 300. That's 300. That's 360. No, that's 370. 
370 total touches. 75% of that is not 300. But you're not, you're not including his catches. He had he caught the ball. He caught, he caught the ball 15 he times. 18 targets. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even have – hit 18 targets on the okay, whole year. Okay, so you're saying he's going to have zero targets this year. I'm saying he he's never had a season where he even hit 20 targets, Steve. And they have Deion Lewis, who they paid money to before last season, that's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I have no doubt he's that Derrick Henry is going – I mean, I have no doubt that Deion Lewis will still catch the ball out of the backfield. That doesn't change the fact that I think the all almost all of the rushing work is going to go to Derrick Henry. You, okay. you think you think Deion Lewis is going to have under 100 carries this year? Yes. Yep. I do. I think Derrick. Uh, I, I think Deion Lewis is getting older. I think he was super. He was worse than Derrick Henry was in the beginning of the season, towards the end of the season, which is why they went back to Derrick Henry because Deion Lewis looked like shit. And I had both of them on my team last year, so I can tell you from personal experience watching them play, Deion Lewis was fucking terrible at the end of the season. He, was. he, he was couldn't terrible. do he shit. Terrible. They were both terrible last year. Yeah, I give and, it. He, and he could not do shit. So why? Are, why would you continue to give if this is a team that wants to win? Why would you continue? to give Deion Lewis carries knowing that he what he looked like at the end of last season he basically he basically showed them at the end of last season like I can't handle a fucking heavy workload 155 rushes is not a lot you know what I mean it's not a lot of it's not a lot of rushes and at the end of the season he just looked completely spent he just looked completely spent so if Derrick Henry right is the guy who gets the and this is the other thing that you're not thinking about okay so Maricus Mariota was not on the field Fucking for what? Half the season? He missed half their games. He's never been. He's always on the field for half their games no, because he not. always he misses a couple of games here and there. He's never missed half the season like he did last year. Let's see. Was, was, no, I, don't, I don't think I don't think Mariota is a big injury guy until last year. I think last year was the first year he was really. Yeah, it was the first game he missed basically like eight games. He, he misses two or three games here and there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I 100% agree right, with that. Right, right. I thought it was more than that. We, year one, he had 12 games. Then the two years after that, he had he had 15. And even last year, he played 14. But I don't think he – he didn't start all 14. No, he kept, he kept leaving because his fucking hand was like numb yeah. and shit. He couldn't throw the ball. But regardless, so so last so if if you have a healthy Marky Mariota, you you're telling me you don't think that offense is better with AJ Brown and fucking and all the pieces that they added a healthy a healthy fucking uh uh what's his name Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker and all that they're going to be moving the ball more they're going to be getting first downs you know what I mean like the reason they depended on Deion Lewis last year is because they didn't have anybody else to throw the fucking ball to intermediately they had no one which is why they drafted AJ Brown and which is why they fucking you know are getting back healthy guys back to me it's a no brainer. This offense is going to be better, which means Derrick Henry is going to get more touches. Derrick Henry, 300 touches. Put that down. Write that down. somewhere. 300 touches. Write that, write that somewhere. All right, let's let's move on. I think we, we've exhausted the Derrick Henry talk. Let's get into Corey Davis. Dan, I'm going to start with you. because Yeah, the he's going to be the only star on that team next year. This year. <laughs> Cool. Walker. I know you're big. We're all big. I like how we're all big on one yeah, side. We do. We each have one guy on the team. That that we like. <laughs> uh, so Delaney Walker, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Corey Davis, round nine, pick 12. Um, third year breakout wide receiver potential. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think he, uh, you know, I, th- I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going into the 12 to 1500 yard range by any stretch. Don't get me wrong. I just I've really been talking this guy up because I love his I love his value. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good year this year. I think, much like we said with Didi, but I think he's going to probably 
I could see, I mean, they're both third round guys. I think they were third, third year guys. I just, I think he actually has a few more yards and a couple more touchdowns than DD. So I'm a little higher on him than, than, than uh, DD. And they're both very similar draft spots. Um, but yeah, he's my, for, for that, for that round nine range, when I'm, when I'm looking for receiver, I mean, he's, he's definitely my guy that's going to be on my radar. I'm, I'm big on him. Uh, yeah, so when it, when it comes to Corey Davis, man, I was so high on the guy last year. Um, you know, I I, I drafted him fifth I think, or in sixth the round, fifth or sixth round last year. Um, I, I thought he had. I literally thought he was he had number one or number two wide receiver upside. I'll say. Um, I he got had right. potential. I saw potential when I, when I looked at him. I saw potential. He did not live up to the to the hype that, that a lot of people were giving him at that ADP last year. But I saw a lot of potential, and I think you know it's funny. I think you know last year he had his his output would probably be around nine ten where he's going now. I actually think that he produces this year to give him around five six ADP like he was projected last year. See, so, last year though, last year he got one hundred and twelve targets. And that was with and, – and that was by far the most – he had 26% of the team's targets last year, and it was only 112. The difference – see, the thing with this is, you know, it's going to come down to – does this team, grind, you know, grind out Derrick Henry like Steve's saying? Because if that's the case, I don't think Corey Davis has any any – like, I think he's just another guy, you know? I think Delaney Walker comes back healthy. He gets a lot of targets. I think they drafted AJ AJ Brown and uh, brought in Adam Humphreys, who I think is going to see some targets as well. So, you know, the only thing my knock on Davis is that with the way the offense was last year, he had 112 targets and was very very mediocre. Um, so for me, I, I just don't see how even if he maintains that production or I don't even think he can maintain that production with everybody that they brought into it and the expectation that they're going to run Derrick Henry the, Henry Moore. I just don't see how, how Corey Davis lives up to the – you know, I don't see how he matches his targets last year. And therefore, I don't, I don't see how he you know, matches his production. Yeah, I definitely think he matches his targets at least. I don't think he goes down. I think – I think he's definitely the number one guy. How do you say that? If Derrick Henry's going to be touching the ball 300 times and they bring in Delaney Walker and bring in A.J. Brown and they bring in Adam Kev, Hall- you're being ridiculous, Kev. Listen, if he, regardless to whether, whether, regardless to whether Dave, Derrick Henry gets 300 touches, does that change that they're going to throw the ball? I mean, it's a throwing league. I mean, he's going to have – you don't think he's going to have 400 attempts? Yeah, I mean, throwing? He's, he's pro- I mean, that's like – that's not a crazy – that's not a – a crazy number. You know what I mean? It's basically what they had as a team this year. They basically had close to 400 attempts. Three, what is that? That's one, two. Yeah, they had over, well, let me see, one, two, three. Yeah, they basically had almost 400 attempts. So I don't think that number goes down. And if that number doesn't go down, you know what I mean? then I still think Corey Davis will have a, around 100 targets. I don't think he's going to be like 140 or anything like that, but 100 targets I don't think is – especially for a number one receiver on a, on, a, on a team, you think that's a lot of targets? I don't. I don't think that I don't think I don't think it's a lot of targets, but seeing as though he only got that last year, and my thing is like everybody coming back – or every, not everybody coming back, but everybody that they brought in and Delaney Walker coming back, 
I think it's going to be hard for him to get 112 targets like he did last year because I don't think that. How much better do you think this offense is really going to be? I don't think Marcus. I'm much better. I really do. I have no faith in Marcus Mariota. None. Zero. He has shown me nothing but to be the Jeff Fisher of quarterbacks. Like he can do. He cannot. Literally, like he—he's just he, and he, if he's that, because he does. I, lo- I loved him in Oregon. I I absolutely loved him in Oregon. I watched, I watched him constantly. I was just googling over him. I mean, and so I was high on him when he came out. I mean, I, obviously, every, when he came out, everyone was like, you know, I, this was back when Chip Kelly was still in the league. You know, Chip's got to get him. He's got to trade the whole entire. Tra- I mean, trade the whole team away anyway. But he's got to trade the whole team away. He's got to get his guy. This is his chance to prove it. Uh, so I mean, I loved watching him in Oregon. So I was big on him coming out, and I had all the. And all the confidence for him that he was going to be the next big thing. And he has slowly started to droop down the scale of, you know, maybe he's just not built for the NFL. Maybe he just, maybe he's a good quarterback who just went with enough game tape on. Just, there's, there's just, uh, there's nothing special about him. He does everything good. He doesn't do anything great. And that's the thing though. Like in, in, in he's in your, if I have this, this quarterback, my team's going 0 and 16 <laughs> tier in, in in your in your draft in in the decision maker oh, yeah, for you. Because I don't think he can win you a league. I don't think you can win with the Marcus Mariota as your quarterback. But that doesn't change the fact that I think Corey Davis will get at least 100 targets. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. Say, I'm, well, I'm I'm all right. So last year he got 112. If even if we put it at 120. Marcus Mariota is not a good enough quarterback. He's extremely inaccurate and has shown that. And if you look at Corey Davis's catch percentage last year, it was what fifty five percent, between fifty five and sixty percent. That's that's really low though. So let's let's say it's in the sixty sixty five range. It, that means he catches eighty ninety balls. That is nowhere near where Corey Davis is going to catch. Corey Davis ain't catching eighty five ninety. Listen, balls. I, we we said that did, that Diddy Westbrook was going to catch 85 balls. I think that he's right around there with him, 80, 80, 90 balls. Okay, check it out. So I think we're being a little bit ridiculous. Now looking at the numbers of, of Marcus Mariota, right? I think we're being a little bit ridiculous, all of us. So Kevin is like ridiculously low. I'm maybe a little bit higher, and Dan is, I guess, saying in the middle. Marcus Mariota is basically his entire career has had a 92.3% QB rating, which is if you're over 90, you're that's good numbers, right? So he's, he averages 89.4, which is not a bad number, right? So his rookie year, like you just said, Kev, he had, you know, 2,818 yards, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. His sophomore year, he had 3,426 yards and 26 touchdowns with nine interceptions. That was his best year. He had uh, 3,232. He had 25-28 last year right then 13 with 15 interceptions that was his worst year and then 11 with eight interceptions last year but he He wasn't healthy all year but that's what i'm saying regress and last year he actually had his highest completion percentage and Corey davis still had a like under 60 percent catch percentage and that last year was his highest completion percentage by far he almost 70 percent completion percentage last year that shocks the shit out of me and the Corey Davis still only caught fifty-five percent of his balls. How how like, how much better do you think it's going to get for Corey Davis? Well, I think I think the team in general is going to be better. I think they finally have a competent slot receiver, which they've never had. They, I mean, they've never had a a competent. I, I, 
I do like Adam Humphreys if he's playing in the slot, and I like A.J. Brown if they decide to put him there. There's been the talk of whether they're going to put A.J. in the slot they're or in the both around. They're both going to play in the slot. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. But I like both of those players. I like Humphreys and I like A.J. Brown. I think both of them are much better than fucking Tajay Sharp and, and fucking uh, – Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, those, the, both of those guys are shit. So I think, I think with a better offense – they want to see if Marcus Mariota is the guy, which is why I think they, they, they picked up Humphreys and I think they drafted A.J. Brown because they said, you know what, we're going to surround him with weapons and see if he's the guy. So if he does play better this year, which I don't think is a stretch, I think this offense is going to be better. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, we all know this. Possessions make, make teams. Teams that possess the ball for longer than other teams, you know I mean, win. That's just, that's just the way it is. And – Fucking, they were like, I want to say Tennessee last year was like bo- like bottom third of the league. I want to say they were like 28 in time of possession. That's terrible. That's really low. So if they could get move that number to like, you know, close to two, uh, two minutes and 40 seconds of time possession, they're going to be right in the middle of the pack, and they're going to be a much better offense than they were last year. And that's, that's my argument. All right. So we'll move on to Deion Lewis. Um Deion Lewis right now is going in the 13th round at pick 11. Um, do you think he's worth taking a shot on at this value? No. Steve, that's, no, that's, I, no. I think Steve, Steve spoke his piece about that one. I was a little – I'm a little more uh, – I'm a little more that they're going to that they're gonna stay with the committee. I think it's not – I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's going to be uh, 50-50. Like, you know, was it two – what do you say, 210-150 last year? I think it probably will be more – I think it'll probably be more 250, 125, you know? Like, I think Dion will get pretty much half of what Derek Henry gets. So, um, it really just – it comes down to it how productive – I mean, is he going to catch 60-some balls again like he's been consistently doing? Uh, I mean, if he does, then that might – you know, that might be valuable at a, at a 13th-round pick. But uh, he just hasn't shown me enough. He's, I mean, we all said it. He stuck last year. He hasn't shown me enough and hasn't been consistent enough over the last few years to – I mean, he's he's like the guy. He's the flyer that everybody wants to to take because he's had good years in you know New England. So he kind of you know is stuck in people's brains of producing at times. But to me, I would probably rather have other guys at that spot. I I, I wouldn't draft him at that spot, but but I think he'll produce pretty much around there. Maybe maybe a little worse. Yeah, I mean, guys in this area, like, all right. So if you're gonna go PPR guys that we're talking about, I'm. I still would rather have Naeem Hines that we just talked about. I'd rather have Tim Thompson, um, who's another PPR guy. Like the other PPR running backs, the PPR veteran running backs, I- I'd rather have all both of those guys over them. And like I said, I'm, I'm taking these are where I'm taking you know better flyers than Deion Lewis because I don't think Deion Lewis is you know what you know what you're getting out of him. So it's there's no there's no there's no surprise. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I, I do think Derrick Henry will see the ball more this year. 300 touches, no, but but I do think he will see the ball more, and I don't think Deion Lewis – Deion Lewis was terrible last year. So, yeah, I, I'd rather go in a different direction. Um, Hold up real quick, guys. I want to I wanna, uh, I wanna bring up this these game logs real quick. All right, so against Jacksonville last year, let me see. That was the game where he fucking went – Completely like bananas. Nuts. Yeah, that was the game he went completely bananas. I don't need, I don't need to relive this. <laughs> 17, <laughs> 17 carries, 238 yards, and he had a, and four touchdowns, and he had a 99-yard touchdown run. Yeah. 
and, yeah. and he okay, carried, so quick, and, he carried Jalen, quick. and he carried Jalen Ramsey all the way through the tunnel back to freaking. <laughs> He had a 99-yard touchdown in that game. But Deion yes. Lewis had 10 carries for 13 yards. Okay? 10 for 13. All right? Then the very next week, Deion Lewis had – all right, so Derrick Henry in the very next week had thirty. Uh, yep, 33 touches for 170 yards. Deion Lewis had 7 for 35. All right? Then the week after that, they oh, played man, Washington. Yeah, so they played Washington. And he had, as soon as this loads, it's taking a little bit long to load. But Derrick Henry had, uh, let me see here, 21 carries for 81 yards and one touchdown. Deion Lewis had three carries for five yards. Right? And then the final game of the season, well, our fantasy season that we care about. Uh, let's see here. Was Tennessee played? Uh, Whatever. Deion Lewis had six carries in the last game for seven yards. Yeah, I mean, that's basically – that's what I'm saying. Like, he's – you know what you're getting out of him. He's not – he's he's not helping your team in any way. I mean – Fucking it, terrible. He was yeah, terrible. He was so bad. He's on, he was unplayable. You couldn't fucking play that guy. Yeah, you played him. I remember you played him a couple times. Oh, yeah, in the beginning of the season when he was getting fucking 25 touches a game. Yeah. But um, he was just unplayable at the end of the season. I don't know if he fucking re-injured something or, or if he fucking had a coronary brain aneurysm. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Look, I have no idea what happened to Deion Lewis at the end of the last season, but it was so clear that they just said, fuck it, we're not giving you the ball. We're just not going to give you the ball anymore. And they went completely to Derrick Henry. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Derrick Henry is to start this season, going to finish off, you know, going to start the way he finished last year. I think they're just going to say, fuck it, here you go, it's your backfield. See, show us what you can do. It's the last year of your contract. Show us what you can do. All right, so uh, we'll move on to Delaney Walker. You guys know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm high on Delaney Walker. I have Delaney Walker, I think, ranked number six or seven. Like, the guy before last year, he tore his ACL last year in week one. Before that, the three previous years before that, he was a top five tight end. Um, The guy just knows how to perform. Um, I bank on his consistency because I think this guy is a very good player. Um, I think he wound up in a bad situation in, in Tennessee, which, you know, we've talked about as kind of a meddling team. So he doesn't really get the, you know, the glory, so to speak, for for his consistency. But I, I think Delaney Walker, I've been waiting, you know, like I, I've been saying, if I'm waiting on tight end, I'm waiting till the 11th round and I'm taking Delaney Walker. I'll probably even take him a round earlier just to secure him um, because I think Delaney Walker is the – uh, in that, once you get into those double digits, I think Delaney Walker is the safest tight end to pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, see, my thing is, Delaney Walker, I think, would have been much better. And he had great years with Marcus Mariota. He had a couple of years mm-hmm. where he was very, very good. The problem is, he was the only fucking weapon. Like, yeah. And this is my thing with Marcus Mariota. Everybody bashes this fucking kid and says how terrible he is. He's not had any weapons. He's literally had zero weapons. He had Corey Davis his first year. Rookies don't play well. I'm sorry. They just – it's very rare. You, it's, it's almost never happens that you have an Odell Beckham or you have a Randy Moss. That they come into the fucking league and they just tear the league up. I mean, so Corey Davis, he did not tear the league up. He was fucking terrible his rookie year. You know what I mean? And that was actually the year that um, – I mean, you know, Kev. You probably—I think you had him on your team that year in our in our league. But um, no, last year I had him on our league. Oh, okay. Two years ago, two years ago I did not. Last year I did. Okay, so 
he was just Delaney Walker had like a I think it was like a I don't know 1,100 yard season what was it eight touchdowns or something Kev I mean he had a really he was a top five tight end that year so you know he really has had Mark you know he's really had nothing so to me I think I, I think Kev's right I think that you know, Delaney Walker is going to be better this year just because they're not going to be able to focus on him. You know what I mean? Like having A.J. Brown and having a competent slot receiver in, in Adam Humphreys, it changes the dynamic of an offense. It really fucking does. Like you can't you can't double Delaney Walker anymore. And I'm sorry, they were doubling Delaney Walker in years past. I mean, the motherfucker, especially in the red zone, got doubled. You can't double Delaney Walker in the red zone when you have Adam Humphreys running free and fucking A.J. Brown running free. You know, and and Corey Davis over there. So to me, you know, this offense is a lot more dynamic than it's ever been. And I think all the pieces in this offense are, are, are very draftable. I mean, I, even A.J. Brown. You know I mean, I would think I would rather have Adam Humphreys because I do think – and a lot of people are sleeping on Adam Humphreys. Like, he's not even being drafted at all. Titans win, is, win in the AFC South. I don't have them win in the <laughs> AFC South. I just think they're going to be a better offense. I think they're going to be much improved. I, I do. I think – I think if you just look at the team as a whole, they have a good offensive line. They ranked, you know, what, what did they rank last year? I think it was ninth. They ranked ninth as, a, as an offensive line, again, according to PFF. So you're get, you have a, a ninth-ranked offensive line. Like, wh- everything around, about this team says that it's going to be good. A good offensive line, a good running game, good wide receivers finally, good tight end. I mean, if Marcus Mariota is just a little bit better than what he's been, this team is going to be good. This team is going to have productive players on it. If you if you look, uh, sorry, Dan, I'm I'm on my guy now. Um, if you look at the four guy, four years previous to last year, Delaney Walker had 111 targets, 102 targets, 133 targets, and 106 targets. He had 74 catches, 65 catches, 94 catches, 63. Um, in all of those years. So four previous years before last year, he was a top five tight end. Like, dude has been ultra consistent. He got knocked. He's knocked down all the way down there because he's older and tore his ACL. So people think that, you know, you tear your ACL. Like, dude, how? Like, look at Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry has done nothing but had an injury-plagued career. You're going all based off his upside. He hasn't even played a full season worth of games yet. You're basically saying, all right, he's going to be better than Delaney Walker when Delaney Walker's proven that he's a very consistent player and Hunter Henry hasn't shown you jack shit yet. Yeah, so they're also throwing uh, – they're probably also doing Phil, a comparison between Philip Rivers and Marcus Mariota in there too. So, I mean, even if they did that, I mean, you know, you got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on that team. Like Hunter Henry's your third option, and that's if – the running backs don't catch the ball the way they did last year because 26% of the Chargers' targets last year went to running backs. So if those targets don't go to the tight end this year, then Hunter Henry is going to be pretty much touchdown or bust. Yeah. Yes. So personal preference-wise, there's a, I mean, there's a couple guys I like over Delaney Walker. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind drafting him because I think you're going to get uh, I think you're going to get a solid output from him. So personal preference wise, I, there's just a couple guys I like over him. If I'm taking a tight end and, you know, around nine through 12, but uh, value wise, I mean, if he's going in that 11 and 12th rounds, it's, it's awesome value. I mean, Kev, you've talked him up about how good his value is there. You know, you, you, there's just, 
if you're waiting till round 12 or 11 to get a tight end, I mean, most people don't, but if you are, I mean, just think of how many other great guys you can get in that seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth round where people are drafting their, their tight ends. I mean, you can, you can have potentially a, an additional wide receiver or running back with, with breakout potential where someone else is filling up their, their, uh, their tight end spot. And you could have the tight end that is, uh, that is performing just as good or if not better than a lot of the other guys. So, um, I definitely see where Kev is coming from. He's been preaching about, you know, taking him at that, at that spot because of, you know, what I just said, you know, the, the, the value there. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Kev is, you know, his strategy there. And I might, as I get closer to drafts, I might try to structure something, you know, around that as well. It just depends on, you know, who I like in certain areas, but I just have a question for Steve, Steve, in your Super Bowl of Titans versus Cardinals, who do you have winning? <laughs> <laughs> neither there's neither in one of the super bowl i'm just simply saying that these both these teams have upside and people are sleeping on them that's it i know we gotta make our jabs <laughs> all right anybody else on the titans you guys want to talk about do you want to get into aj brown or, or adam humphreys at all yeah i think at well i don't want to get too far into them because you know it is yeah. what it is but i think either one i don't think i don't think either one is being drafted right now yeah, so last year Adam Humphreys had 105 targets. Out of those 105 tar- targets, he caught 176 of them. So, huh? I mean, 76 of them. I said 176. <laughs> he had 105 <laughs> targets and caught 76 of them. So, you know, he only didn't catch 29 of his targets. You know, he is a guy that was very productive last year. He had 816 yards, you know, and I believe he had six touchdowns. He had, I'll tell you right now, he had five touchdowns. So, you know, a guy that was very productive last year, I think, you know, watching Marcus Mariota, the way he plays, he likes to throw the ball, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, which is why Deion Lewis was so targeted last year. I think Adam Humphreys is going to see a whole shit ton of targets and nobody is talking about him at all because I think he's going to be the predominant tight, end, uh, you know, slot receiver on that team. And if you're looking for a late round guy that, you know, is going to be a consistent targeted player with the way Marcus Mariota plays football, you know, I definitely think Mark I definitely think Adam Humphreys is is a guy that, you know, I would be taking late if I needed a PPR if I needed somebody to boost my PPR, you know, rating of, of wide receivers. All right. So there you have it. Uh that is the AFC South wrapped up. Um don't forget, check us out on the website at www.4thandinchesff.com. This is www.4thandinchesff.com for all your content, blogs, player profiles, articles, and the draft guide. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace out, y'all. All right. See you.